Hello and welcome to Ed Show number 142. My name's Matt McSpirit and I'm a technical evangelist in the data center space. On today's agenda, I've got some great news to share with you, but we've also got an interview with the man, the legend, Jose Barreto, on all things storage in the Microsoft Software Defined Data Center. So stay tuned for that. But in news, I want to talk to you about four key things here. Firstly, Azure Backup. You may be familiar with Azure Backup and the service it provides from Azure to protect your on-premises data into the cloud, into Microsoft Azure. Some great integration with System Center Data Protection Manager and Windows Server to enable that, to help you protect core workloads that you're running on-premises. A great alternative to tape if you're still utilizing tape for long-term retention. However, just recently, there's been some new capabilities added to Azure Backup, specifically the ability to protect Azure IaaS VMs. So you're running Azure VMs in the cloud, and you want to protect them through a more traditional backup type capability. Well, Azure Backup provides that capability. So it's an Azure service protecting VMs running in another Azure service, essentially. And there's some key features that I want to call out. Firstly, app consistency, protecting your backup of your virtual machines, ensuring you don't need to shut the VMs down, but you get an application level consistency of those virtualized workloads running in Azure IaaS. Then we think about the fabric level backup, protecting the virtual machine itself, all managed easily, centrally through the Azure portal. And there's a blog post that provides all the details there, and you can try it out today. So make sure you check that out, and I'll provide the link in the comments section. Now, related to Azure and related to protecting stuff, aside from backup, we have disaster recovery. And a couple of Edge shows ago, I went through a, a demo of Azure Site Recovery and how it provides protection for SMB-based workloads. But now, new capabilities have been brought to the fore within Azure Site Recovery, specifically the ability to protect VMware virtual machines and physical servers into Azure Site Recovery. So you've got vSphere running on-premises. You want to protect that to somewhere else. In this case, it's Microsoft Azure. We now enable that in a preview capability built into Azure Site Recovery. So you can go ahead. You can test that out. One nice feature that I find is really powerful within this, this uh, offering is the ability to protect VMs with multi-VM consistency. So for instance, if I have a set of related VMs and I need to make sure that they are replicated in a consistent manner in relation to one another, I can simply enable that quickly through the Azure Site Recovery interface. And it's all integrated within the Azure Site Recovery UI now. You may be familiar with the past when we acquired InMarge as a set of technology. That's now starting to become integrated. And the first dip into this is within Azure Site Recovery. So please check it out. And it's all there, again, in another blog post that I'll link to on the, on the comments section. But the final thing is that I want to show you and talk to you about very briefly before we go into the interview is some work we've done and, and the community has delivered specifically around System Center Operations Manager's management packs and one specifically for the Azure Pack. Azure Pack is an on-premise set of technologies that enables you to provide self-service IaaS, databases as a service, websites, and so on. But if you want to monitor some of those key capabilities that are presented through the Azure Pack, then System Center Operations Manager is a key tool to do that. However, the management pack doesn't give you all the functionality you're perhaps looking for. And that's where the community, in particular, Oscar Landman, has come in and written a management pack that really enables that extra level of granularity and control. And you can start to see what some of this looks like in some nice, rich visualizations. Here you go for the websites as an example. Great example of the community delivering extra functionality on top of the Microsoft platform. And with that, that ends the news. 
Please stick with me and join me for the interview with, again, the man, the legend, Jose Barreto on all things storage. Hello and welcome to this Edge interview, where I'm pleased to be joined by Jose Barreto, Principal Program Manager in the High Availability and Storage Group. And Jose's come to talk to us about a key area of our storage strategy, specifically storage quality of service. But before we dive into quality of service, or QAS, it's important to understand just what our strategy is around storage. We talked about backup and Azure Site Recovery earlier, but we've also got some cool investments in storage technologies right in the box within Windows Server. So, Jose, thanks for coming along, firstly. We appreciate it, and Thank I'm you. sure our community and viewers appreciate someone like yourself coming along. Tell us a little bit about our Microsoft software-defined storage strategy, because there's loads of terms out there like scale-out file server, quas, deduplication. How do all of these bits fit together within Windows Server and System Center that, uh, that make up our strategy? Very nice. Uh, we have a number of uh, scenarios that we can do with storage. One of them is the private cloud deployment, which is something we have been focusing on. And uh, a few years back, if say five years back, we, we really relied mostly on our storage partners to provide a hardware-based uh, solution. And these days, we are now offering a complete software-defined solution. What is a software-defined solution? You bring in industry-standard hardware, and that hardware has some basic components in there, hard drives that you want to turn into a storage solution. Now, in Windows itself, we can provide the resiliency for, for those disks. You can actually get the set of disks, create a pool of resources, and then out of that say, hey, I want a storage uh, for my VM that has to have fault tolerance, that has to have resiliency. I want three-way mirroring. I want it to be deduplicated. I want it to have certain quality guarantees in terms of performance. So these are the kinds of things that we now have in Windows itself. Now, obviously, a lot of folks are continuing to use uh, different kinds of solutions, but now they have an option. If they want to go with a Microsoft software-defined storage solution, there is something we offer end-to-end -end mm -hmm. that covers all these things that we talked about. Okay, so, so you mentioned industry standard hardware. Are we mm -hmm. talking just servers, or are we talking external disk arrays, or, or what, what makes up an industry standard server? You mentioned hard disk, but... Yeah, what we're talking about here is basically if you have a server that runs Windows. Just regular you, x86. Uh, regular server. Yep. And you connect that to a large number of disks, maybe some hard disks, some SSDs. We mm -hmm. can do a tiered storage as well as part of our software-defined mm -hmm. solution. And if you really have a lot of those, uh, you can create a, a large solution. So the typical configuration for 2012R2 is what we showcase in our cloud platform system, the, mm -hmm. the CPS solution, where yep. we have four uh, enclosures four JBODs, we call them, just a bunch of disks. Yep. And each of them has 60 disks, okay. some HDD, some SSD. And we combine that all together into one big storage solution managed through Windows. And we can offer that to our VMs. So that solution that I described with four JBODs and four servers together uh, provides storage for 2,000 VMs in the CPS configuration. Wow. So that's so pretty scalable as well. It, it is, and, and that's part of the interesting thing about CPS is that it managed to get that storage as just raw components, so the cost of the hardware is minimized, but you really don't have to worry about 
uh, high availability or resiliency, these are all in the box. And for your backup uh, volumes, you can have deduplication enabled. For your uh, live production volumes that mm -hmm. you run your VMs from, you might want to have a triple mirrored uh, solution. So these are all uh, part of the CPS uh, solution. Okay. And that's one example. You could have something for a lot of folks to have just one JBOD with 12 disks, uh, maybe four terabytes each, yep. and then you build that solution for a smaller configuration as well, maybe a few dozen VMs. Yeah, but it helps so, to keep your costs down because obviously you're using that lower cost yeah. hardware. Uh, but also you can right-size the solution for your, your needs. And architecturally, I think, if we think about for the for the viewers what a what that CPS configuration or what their configuration may look like, it's typically the servers connected via SAS, typically to the yes. JBODs if they're external. It's most common right yeah. now. Yeah, and then you're using the software within Windows Server to transform those disks, as you said, Use, like, utilizing two or three-way mirroring if you like, and, and turning on some of the other features that you mentioned as well. How do you mentioned that we can put VMs on there? But how do your Hyper-V hosts, which are one layer removed from this? let's call it this storage stack that we've just talked about, how do they connect? Well, that, that's when it gets interesting, right? We are moving with the software-defined solution to a file-based storage. Right. So what does that mean? That means that we don't have to manage those LUNs, right? Those uh, block-based logical units for each, for each set of VMs. We basically can create a simple file share, and then we drop files there, and these files are the in a private cloud environment, mostly VHD mm -hmm. files, and then you expose that through our uh, very efficient SMB3 file protocol. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a number of things. For instance, it gives you the ability to use multiple paths for performance and, and for resiliency as well. It allows you to use uh, very fast networking if you need to go there. Mm -hmm. So the CPS solution, for instance, uses something that uh, provides what we call remote direct memory access, which is very low latency, very fast. So RDMA. R RDMA, yeah. and that is part of the solution. All these things come together to give you a way to access your files that makes it, feels, makes it feel just like it's really in the same box. And, and RDMA today can go, I know there's 40 gig, is there 56 as well? Can it go even higher than that? Yeah, so right now, the most common deployment is still 10 gig, right. but 40 is, is starting to happen. Um, in, in a number of places, we have multiple options for 40 gig, and you can go higher, 56, and 100 is just around the corner. Wow. Okay. So, that, yeah. would be, that would it's, be pretty rapid. Yeah, I know. That <laughs> Much would more be rapid fast. than exists in my lab, uh, unfortunately, but I would like some storage if you've got any. Oh, um, well. <laughs> so that's our, our software-defined storage story, and, and Jose alluded to a number of features within the stack. Deduplication is one to help you reduce your consumption of data. Redundancy, because you're having multiple... Windows servers providing the controller element of the storage stack. Exactly. So ensuring that if one went down or one needed maintenance, another one of the uh, set of controllers or, or nodes would pick up that, that workload, which gives us a big benefit in terms of redundancy. So there are a couple, and tiering was another by mixing HDDs and SSDs. Uh, you can gain increased performance while still benefiting from the capacity of your hard disk drives and will automatically move data around. And there's some links in the comments into some planning and design guidance around storage spaces, which, which you may find very useful. But the purpose of today's uh, interview is really to drill down one level deeper into one key component of storage and our storage solution, specifically storage quality of service. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit about Quas, because I know it exists today in mm -hmm. 
in 2012 R2, and it's been enhanced in the next release, of which we already made available the first technical preview a couple of months back, so people could play around with it. Exactly. What's, what was in there now, 2012 R2, and what, what's in the, in coming in the future? Yeah, so it, it's part of our journey. Uh, we have a few things that we're going to be bringing in this next release, and a few of them are already in the technical preview, including Quas. And, and the notion about Quas is that you today have a, a static way to configure limits per VM, per VHD really. So in 2012 R2? In 2012R2, you can go and say, okay, for this specific VM, I want it to not go beyond 300 IOPS or 2,000 IOPS. And you can do that today for each individual VHD. Now the problem is, most of the times, you want these things to adjust as load comes in and as more VMs are configured. So what we created in this next release, which is in the technical preview, you can try it today, is we have a way to create policies. Say I have my gold VM, my silver VM, and I can create minimum and maximum limits. And I can actually adjust on the fly. And the whole notion here is that you can, when there's demand, adjust things and that is the main uh, difference there. There is a process that dynamically gathers information and then when you see that something is not hitting the right range you can actually go and reconfigure Hyper-V on the fly to, to make that happen. And the whole notion is you create the policies, you configure the VMs and then the system manages itself. Right. And the things we want to make sure is, first of all, that no single VM will eat up all your, your capacity, right, your performance. The second thing we want to make sure is as you scale, you can do that with confidence. Because today, what happens is when you reach a certain scale, people start saying, oh, I, I better separate that in, in different hardware. Mm. And that's a very expensive proposition if you go and say, oh, for each new set of VMs, I'm going to actually dedicate a few disks to them. Yep. Then you're kind of doing some of the work that we expect the quad system to do for you. Right. And that is basically where we're going. And there's a, an entity called the policy manager, which is a, a new component that listens to multiple VMs coming in, and it will compile this whole list of what's going on in the system, and it knows of all the policies. So it's going to split that performance that you have in the best possible way, given the load you have and the policies you've defined. Excellent. So hopefully that gives you a, an insight into storage class. What I always find is seeing is believing and helping understand just what, how this is composed and how the policies are applied and what the results of that look like. So. Jose is going to duck into a demo now and showcase just what Storage Quas looks like in the flesh in, in the current release. So let's duck into a demo. All right. Uh, what I have here is a system where I have a few VMs running. And the idea is, if I go over here, sorry, uh, you can see that I have a few VMs performing uh, at a certain level. So you see, uh, VM1 is interestingly hovering around 150 IOPS, and VM6 is actually hovering at around 500. So this is exactly what I, I defined for, for the VM. So if I go here to my management workstation, I can show you, and that is a new commandlet that will give you specifically what's running on these systems. So you see, what is the VM, what are the files that the VMs are using, and what's my target 
IOP range, right? So we have between 100 and 150 for certain VMs, between 200 and 500 for other VMs. And since this system is able to, to give that kind of performance, then it's actually hitting the high uh, 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 limit of, of that. So what I can do here without um, making any uh, big changes to my infrastructure, I can change my policy. So for instance, I have now the ability to say, okay, for this one, I want to change my maximum to be 250. So what I'm doing here is I have a policy called small VM that's been applied to a number of these VMs. So I'm going to do a single configuration change. And what you will see is that immediately, if I look at my performance, you can see that my performance actually jumped to 250 immediately. And if I go back here to my PowerShell, I can go and query again the same set. And it's going to show how the IOPS are growing. So we have a five minute average. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to immediately reflect the new uh, IOPS level. But you can clearly tell that we're trending up now with the change of policy that I made. And the interesting piece here is that when I hit a limit, when my storage is at uh, the limit of the performance that it can deliver, mm -hmm. it will start throttling, but it will do it in a uniform way across the different virtual machines. So it's not gonna let one virtual machine dominate all the performance of this system. So these are, uh, this is a PowerShell only demo. We actually have something coming in VMM Mm -hmm. to define these policies also through a graphical user interface. You go to your, to your file server and you configure the policies. You go into your virtual machine manager VM on the mm -hmm. fabric side and you s assign the policies to the VM. So it's uh, very straightforward. But so that's uh, System Center Virtual Machine Manager specifically. Exactly. And we are also going to integrate with Operations Manager. Mm -hmm. So if you reach that condition where you cannot deliver the amount of performance, you get an alert, a proper alert saying, oh, for this VM, we have this policy and it's running between this and this and it fell between the minimum. So all these things are things that are coming in the next release. And you can play with the preview, which has a little storage cost guide available mm -hmm. for you to go and, and play with it. And it's already there, more to come. Excellent. So I've, I've looked through the, the policy guidance actually when, when working with one of your colleagues, Patrick, actually on, on some storage cost stuff. And it was interesting because there are different types of policies as well, isn't there, within, within the platform, some that can apply to uh, an individual VM or groups or tenants. So tell us a bit more about how, if you were, for instance, a service provider or a large enterprise, how you start to apply these policies a bit more broadly. Yeah, so there, there is a number of things that you can do. I showed you a more uh, straightforward example when we have two classes of VMs, mm -hmm. a small and a large, and you want to keep all the small VMs at the same level, and you want to keep all the large at the same level. What you can do is you can do a few different things. First of all, you don't necessarily have to define the minimum and the maximum. You could define a policy where I say, this is the minimum and I have no maximum. So the storage will float up to use all the capacity that you have. Mm -hmm. If you're a service provider, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you want to give them a consistent experience so what they get today is very close to what they'll get tomorrow when there's mm -hmm. more load in the system. So for that, you can do minimum 
n max, and maybe even the minimum being the same number as the max. So we'll try to keep them at that line. Okay. Right? So this is something you can do. You can also say, I have 10 VMs, and these 10 VMs combined cannot exceed, say, 2,000. Right. So if you're a tenant, you can come in and say, okay, you purchase, Mr. Tenant, 2,000 IOPS, and here's your policy, and then you can put as many VMs as you want under that, and then it will share within that. And within it will do it in, a, in an even fashion so that within the tenant, they also don't suffer any kind of noisy neighbor problem, right? right. So that, that will all be part of it. We can even do like child-parent uh, policies so that I have one policy that has a few children and I can set limits on each leaf of the, the, the node okay. and it still gets enforced. So, so if you were the, the service provider and you were, you were hosting a tenant, mm -hmm. you could give them 2,000 IOPS for the infrastructure of which 1,900 was to IT and 100 was to HR or something like you, that. You could. You could. You I mean, could that would be a dangerous that. game. That you could do uh, and, and on the other extreme, right, you could actually just not set any policies. Right. But let the system operate so it will enforce some level of fairness. And then you can use this commandlet that I showed you to just look at the storage end to end. Because today, if you have uh, 10, 20 machines running virtual machines talking to storage, and you want to see what's the overall storage picture, it's a very complex proposition. You have to go gather lots of performance counters from all over the place. This system has that policy manager that I talked about, so it gathers information from all the hosts, all the VMs, puts it all in one place. So with one PowerShell commandlet, you can go and say, here are the list of all my VMs, here's the perceived IOPS from the VM side, and here is what the policies are, and you can even look at latency and other mm -hmm. measurements, and this is all without enabling any policy, just move to the new version, and as VMs start to come in, they will start reporting to the policy manager. Right. So this is all automated. All in the magic. So, yeah. so we mentioned um, earlier our scale-out file server as a key component of our software-defined storage strategy. Is that what I need to run this storage quads? Do I, what can, can I just use a single file server with a set of VMs on? What are, what are the requirements? And does it work with SANS as well for people who've got investments already? Yeah, so that's, uh, when we started this journey, we actually focused our testing on the, on the scale-out file server, and uh, that's what I'm showing here in the demo. But architecturally, this can cover also uh, situations where you don't have a file server, like just one Hyper-V cluster with, uh, you know, the path being C cluster storage, right? Mm -hmm. So you can also use it in that fashion because uh, it, uh, in that configuration, you also have a cluster. You also have a set of machines that talk to the policy manager. And it could be uh, just storage spaces directly in the cluster. It could be uh, a SAN uh, solution. And uh, the management of that is done through, through PowerShell as well. So okay. it's definitely something you could apply to many different scenarios. Okay, and, and to enable this, I've installed the technical preview that's available today. Mm -hmm. Do I need to enable storage quads? Is it a feature no. or role? Uh, actually, as soon as you add a scale-out file server, mm -hmm. it will enable this okay. for you. And if you want, if you don't have a scale-out file server, still want to do the, the, the quads uh, service, you can actually load that manually. Uh, if you want to. And that's in the guide, by the way. We're okay. going to show how, how to do that. And uh, most of the management 
uh, is exposed through PowerShell and uh, VMM, and you can choose one or the other. We imagine that for service provider, PowerShell is very uh, common mm -hmm. way to manage it. For some of the enterprise deployments, we, we see System Center being a very common okay. uh, way to do it, and VMM will be there. Excellent. Okay, well, hopefully that gives you an insight into storage quality of service. There's plenty of links in the comments as well. The guide that Jose referenced, if you do want to try this out yourself, and a link to the technical preview. Now, Ignite, the big Microsoft conference, is just around the corner, so not very far uh, to go. Obviously, if you're watching this later, then it might have already happened. The key thing is there's going to be lots of sessions there that you can either view on the day or after the fact. And Jose and team... The storage guys are going to be there talking about some of this stuff and talking about some stuff that's new that we're not allowed to talk about just yet. So what kind of sessions can people expect from the storage group if they're interested in learning more and building on their knowledge of what we've gone through in Quas? Yeah, so we will start with an overview session on storage. That's going to be interesting. It's going to kind of paint the big picture mm -hmm. and it's going to point to a few of the deep dives that we're going to do. I will definitely recommend the storage quad session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also there are a number of new things that we're doing that will increase uh, the, your, uh, will uh, reduce your cost further because today you mentioned we can use SAS mm -hmm. for shared storage. We have a new feature called Storage Spaces Shared Nothing that is going to allow you to use SATA devices and uh, these are directly attached to servers and that will be an interesting new way to deploy uh, storage spaces and the scale-out file server and that's going to be introduced by Klaus on, on the storage spaces uh, session. We also have a synchronous storage replication uh, solution called Storage Replica. Ned's going to be uh, talking about that. So there's a number of these sessions and there's a few that I can't yet speak about. No. That's so. it, it's a secret for now. <laughs> but we'll talk about them soon, don't worry. So, key thing there, Jose's team are going to be there. They'll be on the booths as well. If you, so if you are going to Ignite, check these guys out. Jose's got a great blog, very popular, a lot of information on there around storage, scale-out file server, SMB. I'm forever going there to check how to deploy my scale-out file server, especially with RDMA networking. I, just, I, I think I'm just repeat visiting your blog. <laughs> um, but it's, it's got all the quality you need as well. So that's linked to in the comments. So hopefully you've found this Edge show useful on Storage Quas, and please join us again at another one in the future. Thanks. Thank you.